Let's take our Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 31. We will begin in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. The driving thought for our message today is that a woman who follows Jesus is more valuable than the greatest treasure. Mother's Day. And once again, ladies, mothers, we want to thank you. Because not all of us are mothers in here, especially the men. But all of us have mothers. And I know some of you have plans to get together with your family after this service is over. And some of you have plans to visit a cemetery. And there may be someone in here, and, and maybe maybe you were adopted, you have never known. Some, some people have been in church for a long time. This is so prevalent in our culture. It seems that the younger the people are, the more prevalent this is. My generation. Children are raised not by their birth mom. So let this be a day for you, no matter what your relationship is or was with your mother. To let this be a day not of bitterness, not of pride, but a day to where you sit back and just say, Jesus, I need you to minister to me. Jesus, I'm thank, I thank you for the ministry that my mother was to me. And in this crowd, this is very obvious. In a crowd this size, you don't even have to say it's possible. But there are, I would say, many mothers in here that say, Jeff, I wish that I had done things differently with my children. Guys, can can you join in, maybe by way of nodding the heads, the men in here, if you're a father, to say, if I had it to do over again, I would have done things a little bit differently. I would have tweaked it. I would have, instead of just bringing my children to church and offloading them, I would have tried to pray with them and just walk through a Bible story, even though I don't even maybe know what it totally means, but just do that. And the the text that we're about to study in Proverbs 31, if this is not understood by all of us, especially by you ladies, um, you can thoroughly misunderstand this passage and come away feeling like you will never add up and you will never be good enough. In fact, sometimes when we just jump into this text without explaining the, 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 the meaning of it, ladies, often I've been told and I am not a lady and I will not tell you that I understand the way that ladies think. And by the way, if you ever find a man who says, I understand women, period, run, right? Have we been over that? That's a crooked, deceitful liar. But I've been told, and I try to, with some of my friends who have married very godly women, I will call up and ask questions. I will talk to my mom. And I find a woman who has disciplined herself in truth and righteousness and knows the Word of God. I will ask questions. And what I have received by way of feedback from many ladies is that when we are confronted with a woman who is very physically beautiful, immediately we begin to compare ourselves with her. Or when we come into contact with a woman who is extremely talented or smart or can sing or is very gifted with relationships and it seems like everybody loves her. This may not be all the ladies in here, but many ladies have told me that we immediately seem to compare ourselves to her 
And then we begin to feel like we are inadequate, that we could never be her. Where if Superman walks in this room, all the guys are going to go and be like, what's your workout plan? Do you use whey protein? Do you use soy? Like, how many pull-ups do you do? Do you dip pull-ups? And guys go that. Often ladies, that's not like that. Like, how did you become so beautiful? And sometimes, if we can be honest, it's like this. Some of you ladies, you want to be so loved and so appreciated by your families. If there's a woman who comes in that may seem like superwoman to you, it can be like this. Oh, wow. Talking to your friends. You ladies never do that, right? Never talk to your friends about somebody else. That never happens. So, But just in case it does, in the future, here's what it may go down as. Wow, she's so beautiful. Y'all going to not let me finish this. You're going to make me laugh. But I've seen this. It goes like this. She's so beautiful. I know. In fact, she's stunning. We don't like her, do we? I don't think so. And then it begins to go down the list of like ways that we can, you know, can find that she's not really all that. And that's a human thing. And the Bible says he who compares himself or herself is not wise. When we begin to walk through this text, do not think that the Bible is saying Try to be superwoman and maybe if you get to that point, God will give you His thumbs up. The point of Scripture, men and women, boys and girls, is that we can't. We can't be good enough. We can't be pretty enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't have enough friends for God to say, you know what? Angels, this person has not only got an A+, they got an A++. They went to VBS. They took care of themselves. They even went to Sunday school. And it was. To, and we begin to compare ourselves. The point of the Bible is God saying, look, you will never be able to be good enough to gain my love. But because I am what you are not, because I am love, I will love you because I am love. Does that make sense? Not, not love us when we get lovable, because that will never happen outside of God's grace, you see. But God is saying, because my love is greater than your sin, I chose to send my Son for fathers and mothers, sons and daughters. And whoever repents of their sin, turns away from it, and places their faith in me will receive that love. And so the point of the text here is this, and it is actually in your outline. If you would like to follow along and track with us, we're going to see how much we can get done in an hour and a half. I'm just kidding. We're going to try to get through as much of this as we can, so let's go ahead and strap on our safety belts. And the intro question, the driving thought here is that a woman who loves Jesus is more valuable than the greatest treasure. So the way we're going to look at it is this, and it's right here. Y'all like that? Okay. All right. Women who love and follow Jesus through His grace will become. Now notice we're not saying that the woman who is awesome is these things. Right? We're saying that the woman who realizes that she can never be good enough and she opens her heart to the grace of God through His power, this is what she can become. Right? 
So once again, this is grace. Ladies, this is grace-driven effort. This is not self-driven, trying to be good enough to warrant someone's love. This is simply opening yourself up to God's grace and letting Him transform you. Notice there in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10. The Bible asks a question. An excellent or a virtuous wife who can find? She is far more precious or far more valuable than rubies or jewels. Now, every lady in here, even if you're not married, you deep down, this is scriptural, this comes from observation. I'm not saying my observation because I'm not even married, okay? And when, I will never lecture you on that. I will tell you what the Bible says, but I will not tell you my experience because I don't have it. And furthermore, let me just put this little, little um, uh, note here. Often when people tell you what they've learned from marriage, make sure that that's from the Bible and not just from their experience. Because if you use other people's experience in your life, they may be two totally different people instead of saying, here's what the Scripture says, but this is how it applies to us. So there's a huge difference. So the Bible says, an excellent wife who can find, she is far more valuable than rubies. Every lady in here wants to be considered valuable. Ladies, and you all said... Amen. Alright, now, let me make a quick note and punch all the guys in the face really quick and then we'll jump into verse 11. If you have been given, the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen? And it doesn't just say a woman. It says a wife. A woman who has come to the point where she is willing to commit to one man finds a good thing. Men, you ought to have as your goal, if God has provided a woman who is naive enough, I mean as loving enough, to put up with any man, it should be your stated purpose, I'm going to make this girl the happiest woman on the planet. I believe that. And we're not, we're not just talking about the, 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 the fluffy stuff. I'm talking about like, what is your heart like? Like, what's your love language? Like, how do you receive love? How can I show you more affection? And that doesn't have anything often to do with sex. It has to do with loving her for who she is. Guys, I encourage you, I plead with you, read Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about to love the woman as Christ loved the church who loved her and gave himself for her. That means, men, if you have talked down to your wife in the past, you need to, after this service, ask forgiveness. If you have taken her for granted, you need to ask forgiveness. You need to show her so much love and respect and honor that she can go to one of those ladies' conventions to really sit around in tables and be like, my husband got y'all all beat. And she won't even be lying. That's what you want to do. But often that's difficult because we men have something called pride. Make this note and we'll jump into verse 11, I promise. Verse, verse from the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6. It's very simple. Men, it says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. If you want God's blessing in your life, 
Don't swallow your pride. It'll make you sick. Puke it out. Regurgitate it. If that's too, too, too gross for you, vomit it out of your soul by the grace of God and become a true man who worships and follows the ultimate man, that is Jesus Christ. Prideful, arrogant man that will not admit his weaknesses is a coward because he's too afraid of what people will think if he really gets real. That is not a man. Jesus Christ is the ultimate God-man. He is the one who humbled himself when he didn't have to. And that's who we men should emulate in our manhood. So the Bible's asking a question here in verse number 10. Who can find an excellent wife? Notice it describes in verse 11 what she's like. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. Remember back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20? Where it was there, before there was ladies, before there was any competition. Just Adam. Looked around at all the animals, and there was not a, a, a companion that was suitable for him. Dogs are fun. If you're a dog person. But not to the level that you need to share intimacy with. If you're a cat person, they're good to a point. But not to have a true relationship. And God saw, you know what? This, Adam needs someone. So he, he took the rib from Adam and he created Eve. And you know in the Hebrew, when Adam awoke from his deep sleep and he saw her, the Hebrew word is he called her Isha. Man is Ish. Woman, Isha. But if he would have been an English speaker, he would have woken up from his sleep and said, Whoa, man. I mean, she was created from the hand of God. That was somewhat of a joke. You can laugh if you want to. She was created from the hand of God for Adam. And she was created to be with him. So once again, if you're here today and God has blessed you with a spouse, a husband's wife, just let there be mutual love and affection and encouragement. So the first aspect here in verse 10 and 11 of a woman who has allowed God's grace to come into her life is that she is rare or priceless versus being cheap and common. Ladies, if you want to rise above the rest for the glory of God, allow Him to create within your heart Valor, which you can create, you can translate that word, that phrase in verse 10 as that. An excellent or a virtuous wife. Well, what does virtue mean? Virtue means to have moral excellence, ladies. It means to have your standards set to where God desires them to be set. It means that if there's any person that comes into your life that tries to get you to do something that you know is wrong, you say, I'm sorry, I'm serving Jesus, and here's what I will do, and here's what I will not do. Thank you very much. It is something, ladies, that you can have. Like, you know, I've not seen the Hunger Games, but I've heard all sorts of reports about the lead uh, girl in the movie about how she's so strong, and and teenage and college girls are like, she's awesome. Let that be you, but let that be you for Jesus, ladies. Just say, I am about Jesus. Here's what I will do. Here's what I believe, and don't let anybody back you down from that. And notice in verse ten it says, if you find a woman like that, she's far more valuable than rubies. Now, Ruby is an extremely, extremely valuable gem. And ladies, I would say something here. Let me me give you two TV shows that is pouring trash into your mind. Uh, One would be the Bad Girls show, and the other one would be be, uh, the Jersey Shore, the Jersey Beach show. What those shows are telling you that womanhood is, is you're supposed to be some type of a butch Ramboette. You're supposed to be rude. 
You're supposed to, if anybody crosses you, I mean, you just cut them off and you cut them down and you destroy them. Let me give you a text if you're taking notes. 1 Peter chapter 3. This is, this may even sound weird to you. 1 Peter chapter 3 beginning verse 1 says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that, here's the purpose, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, let, do not let your adorning be external with braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Notice how the verse ends. Which in God's sight is very precious. So ladies, the way that God says you went over those difficult children, that difficult husband, is to allow God to create within you a gentle spirit. doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion. doesn't mean that you never speak. But it means such that when you get confronted with mean, angry people in your life, you're like the Proverbs chapter 15, where it says that a soft answer turns away wrath. It means that you're basically like the fire extinguisher. When people come and when you sow and react in your flesh by the grace of God, you receive uh, whatever it comes and you are able to respond with humility and with grace. So not only is a woman who follows Jesus through His grace becomes rare and priceless because of her commitment to Him, but ladies also, in verses 11 and 12, you become trustworthy instead of untrustworthy. Notice it says there in verse 11 and 12 that the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Let me explain something a lot of ladies don't understand. Often they say, well, well that, that means I'm never supposed to confront my husband over his sin. That's not true. In fact, there's a very sweet lady I know uh, in Georgia, and her husband drank for years and years and years, could not give up the bottle. And one day that she had it, she had had enough. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, she went over into the kitchen, she picked up a frying pan, and hit him on the head. Guess what he doesn't do today? Drink. There may be a point, ladies, where it comes to the, to the place you say, you've got to stop or you're going to kill yourself. Be real with your sons. So, you know, people talk about going and spreading your wild oats. You're going to die, and you've rejected Christ, and I love you, but if you continue to do this, and you die without Jesus, He is going to give you judgment. And I don't want that for you, because that's hell. Be real with them. Because often coming from a lady, it can be disarming. If you do it with gentleness and with passion and with feeling and with, well, with just the passion to see them change, that can disarm a man. Plead with them to turn to Jesus. Number three, the power of Christ in your life there in verses 13 and 14 and 24 and 27 is saying that God will help you be 
diligent versus lazy. Notice what this says in verse number 13. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. Now, ladies, this does not mean that you have to be a sailor, sailorette, okay? What it's simply saying is that you are willing to serve. I just think in in Acts chapter 9, if you want to take notes, this is in verse 39, the last portion of that verse, and it says, And all the widows stood beside him, Peter, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas, a believer, you could also call her Tabitha, made while she was with them. A lady who looks at people to say, how can I serve them? And I just have to brag on my mom a little bit. If you have ever been over to uh, the parsonage when she's been in town, or if you ever are coming through Greenville, South Carolina, let us know. Um, my mom, I think my desire for you know boxing and, and you know jujitsu, and I just enjoy those types of things. I think it came from. I, I know I saw my mom do this on a number of occasions when people would come through the house as a kid. She's such a southern hospitality-minded person. She would give them food, and she would say, "Would you like something to drink?" "Oh, I'm good." "Well, here's some tea." Would you like something to eat? No, I just ate. Well, here's some mashed potatoes. She's like already putting it on the plate, like holding them down, you know, and just like, well, like you will eat if you're at my house. You will not leave hungry. And it's such, it's such an encouraging thing, ladies. It's something that I don't think that men do very well. Ever walked into a bachelor pad? Case closed. You got roaches running around the size of cats, you know, and then the other roommate comes in. I got him, you know, like lassoing him, ground and pound over there. And it's just like it stinks. It just doesn't look good. There may be a picture of, I mean, like a frog on the wall. It's just like, but, but if you go into the house where it's got a lady, it's nice, isn't it? I mean, it's not, and it's just like, this is my home. And because I value as a person, I want to invite you in. Even if I don't have a big house, I want you to know that this family cares about you. And it's something, ladies, that God can use in an incredible, incredible way to where you're willing to work and to serve. You say, well, Jeff, I I cook the meals and I do the dishes. And then once I'm finished with the dishes, I dry the dishes well, just line your husbands up out here and we'll have every deacon tap them out. And then once they wake up from their sleep, we'll say, help your wife with the dishes. Amen, ladies? Right? Like it shouldn't be thrown all on you. But the Bible is saying is that when you serve, you've got incredible, incredible power. Number four in verse 15, you, through God's grace, can become selfless versus, and I wasn't sure if I should put this in the notes, but it's in there, so I'll just say it. You will become selfless instead of a drama queen. Notice verse number 15. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Notice in verse 18 how it begins. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her land does not go out at night. She puts her her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens... I love this verse 20. This is awesome. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. I remember my mom when we were growing up she would take, we had to get up, and I may have told this a while ago, but we would have to get up extra early on Sunday morning because she would go way out of the way, pick up a lady who had hardly anything. A lot of times the lady was not bathed as she should have. But my mom loved this woman, put her in the front seat of the van, brought her to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I get so ticked off. As a, as a kid, you're just selfish, right? You ever see kids in the store? 
I saw a kid the other day. I don't, this, this may be bad. Y'all may not want me to be your pastor anymore after this. I saw a kid in Kroger the other day, and the kid was just there in, 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 the, in the whatever basket that you push kids around in. And he was just, I want this! I want that! And then I, I, was, I was about to you know, do some pastoral intervention. Like his mom just there trying to get food for the stinking kid, and he's sitting there yelling at her. So when she looked away, I did this. No joke. As God is my witness, I did that. The pastoral look of disapproval and the long index finger of thou art wrongeth. You know? And you know what the kid did? He went, So at that point I said, well, now I know the Antichrist is alive. I just met him in Kroger, you know, so we need to... Go ahead and clean things up before it gets grown. But but seriously, it's one of those things to where when we see, uh, like I saw my mom sharing with those people who couldn't do anything for her in return. As a kid, I was selfish. I wanted to sleep in. I didn't want to be with people who smelled bad. But now looking back on it, that is the character of Christ. When I was doing student ministry, I, I would be able to go to some of the rough areas and get those kids in the car. And it was the same story. But I remember my mom set that example. Ladies, reach out your hands to the poor. Men can do that too, but there's something to be said. I don't know how y'all do it, but a man can give someone some food. And there are men that are gifted with the, with the spiritual gift of encouragement. But what you see in these verses is just like she meets the need, but she also meets the need of the person. Does that make sense? It makes them feel loved and appreciated. Something some people have never had. So it makes you selfless versus being a woman who's all about yourself. And ladies, if you're all about yourself, you're in slavery. And through the power of Christ, He can free you to be giving. Number five, in verses 25 and 26, through the power of God, ladies can become grounded upon truth versus other people's opinion. Look at verses 25 and 26. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth, this is so cool, with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. This is saying right here that literally strength and dignity is the aura. It's the attitude in which she walks. It doesn't mean that she's walking by like some snooty lady. But it means that she's confident in who she is in Christ. And I know often, I've talked to some ladies and just... just throughout the course of ministry. And so many ladies have never had verbal, outside of intimacy issues, just verbal affirmation from the men in her life. Father never said it. She never knew she was accepted totally by her father. Her husband doesn't do it. And her sons, because they watch their no good daddy, they don't do it. And so then, then ladies, it can be like you feel crippled, like you, you need that affirmation. So you can, it's so easy to swing from verse 25 to say, well, let me base my self-worth upon what people say about me. And I would appeal to the young girls here today to, to, in, in your dress, and I'm not talking about having to wear dresses that drag the ground for 18 feet behind you. But I'm asking you and pleading with you that whatever you wear, ask yourself, is what I'm wearing 
designed to incite sinful desires in men? Or am I wearing what I wear so that it can draw to my countenance and I can give glory to God? Because often this happens with young... I've seen this and I'm not even that old. I will be 32 in September, but I've, it's 31 I've seen this. Young girls, young mothers, do not get the verbal affirmation that you are loved and I am for you, you're a winner, and I've got your back by the men in their life. So what happens is they begin to go and try to find that by doing things and wearing things that they shouldn't. And you will find a guy to pay attention to you, but he will be only be there for one thing, and we all know what that is. And once you give it to him, he will drop you like a bad habit. And then we've got broken mother after broken mother after broken mother who's there trying to raise a child, confused, saying, but he told me that he loved me. Because there was not affirmation. Ladies, notice what verse 25 says. Strength and dignity are our clothing. That means that when you open yourself up to God's grace, you say, even though if all the men I know in my life are jerks, I know that Jesus is not one and He loves me. Amen? He is my Father. And ladies, if you are here and you have lost your husband, the Bible says He is the husband of the widow. Strength through the power of God. Finally, verse six or uh, point number six in verses twenty-eight through thirty, you will reflect Jesus versus Hollywood. Notice what verse twenty-eight says: Her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Wow! You know what Hollywood wants you to think, ladies, that you are defined by. What type of clothes you wear, how expensive your jewelry is, and all of the things that really don't matter. Bible goes to the heart. And if you open yourself up to God's grace, He will transform you to be. And notice here in verse 29, she is told by her husband and her children, many women have done excellent, excellently but you surpass them all. Then in verse 31, we'll come back to verse 30, and then the Bible is saying, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. It means that if you're a lady here today, you're a mom, and you've opened yourself up to the grace of God, you say, God, I have done, I've had mistakes. I don't want to go there anymore. He will so transform your character at the end of the book of Proverbs. It's saying, give Honor to the lady who has opened herself up to the grace of God. And then finally there in verse number 31, praiseworthy for a life of sacrifice instead of cursed for a life of selfishness. Notice verse 31. Ladies, out of all the verses that we've studied today, I would encourage you to memorize this. Notice what it says. Charm is deceitful. That means popularity. And beauty is vain. Or you could translate this, it is fleeting away. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. There you have it. Greatest theologians of the church, Augustine. You can go to St. Augustine or St. Augustine, America, Augustine is the way we pronounce it in Florida. When he was a young man, he was very, very promiscuous. But his, his mom had been an alcoholic and she got saved. Her name was Monica. And she began to pray for her son, Augustine. And he, he ended up going to Rome to teach. And he was in Rome and he was, he was living a life 
that was going to bring the judgment of God. And then when he moved from, from Rome to Milan, guess what his mom did? Mom, this, mom, this is good stuff. She followed him. She moved there. Like 21st century America, your son goes off to college, he begins to throw God, he begins to throw truth, he begins to uh, sin as a lifestyle. She's like, I'm moving my little self over there with you. And this is so cool. Like, you can read this in any Christian church history book. This is, this is real. She, she went there and she began, and he had gotten involved in, in a Manichaean cult where they, it was kind of like a Star Wars religion. Like, no joke. It's crazy, crazy stuff. You're like, what? Like, what do you guys smoke to get this stuff? Like, it's powerful, whatever it is. I mean, just craziness. So she moves to Milan and she begins to like bring him to hear Ambrose, one of the greatest preachers of the early church. And he sat on there preaching. And he eventually got saved. It says in his confessions, Augustine spoke of his grief and weeping for the mother. Now gone from my sight, who for years had wept over me, that I might live in your sight. Ladies, did you catch that? He said, my mother is now gone from my sight, but who for years had wept over me, that I might live in the sight of God. And here's what she said right before she died. She said, you will bury your mother here. All I ask of you is that wherever you may be, you should remember me at the altar of the Lord. Do not fret because I am buried far from our home. Nothing, this is so profound, nothing is far from God. And I have no fear that He will know where to find me when He comes to raise me to life at the end of the age. Son, daughter, wherever you are, remember me at the altar of the Lord. The sacrifice of a praying mother, through the grace of God, produced one of the greatest theologians and ministers that the Christian church has ever had.